Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to season one of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. A quick disclaimer. If you hear us calling the podcast Here's the Thing during Season 1 episodes, don't be alarmed. We had to change our name in the middle of the season, but we hope you enjoy our content nonetheless. Well, James, it's early. It is. It's 8 a.m. You did this to me. I did. I said, hey, Dunk, can we record on Tuesday morning? I was like, yeah, sure. Like last week we did it like started at nine. We had a little breakfast beforehand. It was good. And then this week he's like, let's start recording at eight. I'll be there at 745. The text thread went something like this. Tuesday morning, question mark. Yeah. What time? Eight. You mean recording at eight? Question mark. I said, yes. He says, you no, getting it, here at eight? No, you mark? liked the message, which was, <laughs> that was the confusing part. So you liked the message and I was like, wait, okay, because I asked two different questions, right? It's the, Yikes. do you want to start at eight or do you want to get here at eight, eat breakfast and then like get into it? And then he said, he basically said, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoa, James, did you hear that? No. I, someone is laughing. Oh, that's what that was? Over on the side. I really Wait, couldn't... Angela! Hi. <laughs> Angela's here with us. James, would you like to introduce Angela? Angela here is a longtime friend of mine and uh, happens to be my girlfriend as well. Say hi, Angela. Hi, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> hi, it. guys. I knew she was going to go there. So yeah, if you, ha- if you hear any voices or laughing or commentary that's not James or I this week it's me it's angela and we're, we're so, very very happy to have her on. we're so glad that you're here thank you it's our first time recording with an audience so it's gonna be it's gonna be a new experience for all of us angela's first time on any podcast question mark yes great a new perspective of wow. here's the thing here's the thing with duncan james and, and angela, angela. I, I wonder if i can change the authorship this week i don't think so i think that's really no. hard well it's I don't, I don't know if it's really hard, but don't do it. <laughs> okay. Angela says, don't do it. So we won't do it. It's a good pause. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Duncan, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty uneventful. Um, I drove somebody to the airport back and forth. Um, and yeah, I did. Oh, I started a few in small projects, but nothing small particularly project. interesting. Yeah, I'll probably bring that up at some point. Okay. But yeah, just some creative projects to fill my time. Great. Yeah. Like personal, just yeah, personal. Because I myself. find that I have some downtime every once in a while. Yeah. Um, since work is the way that it is, I when I finish projects, I have to wait for client feedback. Yeah. And I'm not inundated with work at the moment, and so I have a little bit of downtime, and I want to fill that with something more than just scrolling on Instagram or rewatching Psych for the nth time. How many times have you seen Psych? Oh man, because because we were you were really going deep in Burton Guster quotes a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? Just we brought Dulé up Dulé Hill, Hill from yeah, Holes, yeah. But the, you know, same difference? Question mark. You know, 
I've seen it. I don't even know how many times. Like I've seen Friends a lot of times. I've seen Parks and Rec a lot of times. Psych. I've seen more than both of them combined. I think. Yeah. Because I would just watch it with my best friends growing up. Yeah. Just like, oh, on repeat. I, I there was one point where I could tell you the season number, the episode number, the episode name, and I could tell you the plot of each episode. Of Friends. Yeah. No. Of Psych. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. With friends, it's easier because it's the one where this happens mm-hmm. or the one with the beach trip, you know, like that. I could tell you what happens in that one. Or, yeah. but I mean, that's a p- pretty pivotal episode in friends. But yeah, I was, it was pretty, it was a pretty deep obsession with, with psych. So, um, I did restart that recently. Okay. With a friend because he's, he texted me. He's like, Hey man, I'm starting psych again from the beginning, starting dot, dot, dot now. Whoa. So I just, I kind of, I was, it was like a, t- it was at 10 PM on Friday. I think it was, or maybe it was before then, but it was, it was at some point where I had some downtime. I was like, Oh, I'll start it right now too. Cause I know it's on prime. So yeah. Well, we'll get to talk about some series later. Yeah. Well, and I think also eighties related, I hope at some point, but yeah. before that, James, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty great. Um, we had a great time we being Angela and myself, we went to Denver this weekend. And so fun. Saw some cool sights, saw the flat prairie. The flat prairie. Denver's a prairie, the whole thing. Okay. So flat. It was it's so remarkably yeah. flat. And then I've been there a few times. And then in the distance are the mountains. Yes. And like the, they Which are is calling. gorgeous. It, it, it feels very kind of, pretty. Kind of feels like you're in a bowl. Right? Yeah. Bowl with only one side. <laughs> <laughs> what would that be? There's some like cooking a- sheets that have yeah, one side, yeah you know? some cookie sheets. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> Exa- precisely. And so yeah. we went to Red Rocks. We Great. saw a thing called a Dragon Boat Festival, which was what like is that? A, a cultural festival celebrating Asian heritage peoples of Denver, Colorado. Very cool. And we saw... Were like, there boats? There were boats. So there was like a community, community groups, like the Buddhist temple okay. of Denver. Okay. Um all like had like <clears throat> different groups and they would have 20 people in a boat and just be rowing with small oars. Okay. And the boat had like a little dragon head on it. Is there like a large lake or river? There is a lake. Okay. I don't know how large it is, but they do race. And Fun. a lot of people were out there like in their like t-shirts, like Dragon Boat Festival 2019. That's awesome. Like sponsors. So oh, great. it was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Got to see the whole thing and um, our... Angela's brother-in-law, he won a eating competition there. So that was pretty Phenomenal. Exciting. What did he eat? It's wonderful. Um, it's called Boon Ba Hui. It's a spicy Vietnamese noodle. Okay. He ate one noodle? No. <laughs> spicy Vietnamese noodle soup. Great. And yeah. it's, um, yeah, he ate it fastest. I think fastest. he ate it in like half the time that the second place person ate it. It was wow. really It impressive. was ridiculous. I, that's astounding. Yeah. Good for him. What did he win? Bragging, bragging rights. rights okay honor for the family name hey that's <laughs> that's awesome i love that yeah the dragon and boat festival is great so you did so what, what was this trip for was this just a little a little vacation was it for the dragon boat festival is that what it dragon boat festival it, yeah dragon okay. boat festival um that was a coincidence that the dragon boat festival coinciding with us it was okay. not the main purpose of our trip we went to visit my sister okay in law hang out very cool they live there work there love it yeah super chill it was awesome. like a great relaxed time 
That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. It. it was really, really fun. And I really liked seeing the Red Rocks because I'd seen pictures of concerts happening there. I like mm-hmm. there's lots of history there. Apparently there's like this secret tunnel where all the artists like sign underneath. Like every artist that's ever performed at Red Rocks has signed this, even oh, like the okay. opera singers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I buy that. And so like there's a nice little museum, like, oh, the acoustics of this place is amazing. Mm-hmm. But th- when you look down into it, it's like, wow, this is so steep. And I've seen pictures of people doing yoga there and whatnot. It's just like, when I looked down into the bowl, I was like, it's so weird to look at. Like, it's weird to look down mm. and be in the cheap seats and like look down at, at what the concert would be like, because it's so far away from where you are yeah. at the top in this natural amphitheater, which makes sense when you look at the geology. It's like, yeah, something crazy happened and yeah. geological forces 70 million years ago. <laughs> For so. sure. Well, have you been to the Hollywood Bowl? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because that's fair. I mean, it's fairly shallow, I think. Yeah, it is pretty shallow. In terms of, it's not, it doesn't, I mean, from what you're, from what you're describing, it doesn't sound like, it, it, the, it sounds like the Red Rocks is way steeper than the Hollywood Bowl. It, yeah, it is. It, okay. It, it's, when you look down into it, it's that weird feeling that you have. Maybe like in cartoons, it really shows it where it's like mm. things are zooming out yeah. and zooming back in for a while. That's hilarious. Until it focuses. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting, even the whole concept of the Red Rocks versus Hollywood Bowl, the steepness of the thing, brings up a memory of mine. I went to San Diego State University, I believe it was. It was in San Diego. It was a university. And it was a Panic at the Disco concert, and one of the few concerts that I've been been at in my life. I haven't been to many concerts, much to my chagrin, but it's just, you know, time and money. I just, I wish I could go to more, but I, you know, alas. It's, it feels like such an event to go to a concert. Yeah. And every time I go, I'm like, this is awesome. I should do it more. Yeah. And then I wait a year and a half. I wait probably three, four, five years between each one. Unfortunately, yeah. I have friends who go to six concerts a year. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, you know, kudos to them. But, you know, anyways, at this concert, the Panic at the Disco concert, it was the steepest arena I've ever been in. And it was just really interesting dynamic, you know, from being at concerts like i went to a saint motel concert in the fox theater in pomona yeah and it was flat flat yeah it was it was there was a slight grade to the general admission on the floor slight slight grade and then it popped up to like the bar area but yeah so those are two sort of completely different experiences one in a first off a closed theater that's meant for viewing performances like that and then in a basketball arena yeah and being able to see the concert really well from any side. Brendan Yuri of Panic at the Disco had this moment where he played uh, like a crystal piano from, it was not crystal, it was like acrylic, uh, but it was clear. And it was on the uh, opposite end of the arena. Yeah. So he gave, he gave sort of one of the special moments of the concert to the people in the cheap seats, yeah. like the really, really far back seats. I was on the side. But anyways, concert dynamics, I think that's really interesting. I would actually love to design a concert at some point. I know it's a whole science and art, but that would be amazing. Like a concert venue? Yeah. Well, not necessarily the venue, but the like the Oh, like the art in the Yeah, the performance, the the, the screens and the lasers and the fog and whatever. I have a friend who who has done stage design like that and it's it's the coolest thing ever. That'd Apparently so there's fun. like special software for designing stage yeah stuff or like there's such amazing performances now that you can like see and like i feel like stage design is getting better and better and better Mm -hmm. because like now it's also like on instagram and so everyone can see all the concerts at once and it has to be amazing in person yeah more than it even is like 
on the phone. Have you seen EDC? No, no, I haven't seen anything really about EDC. It's unbelievable. For your information, that's Electric Dance Carnival in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. And there's like, I don't know where, it's off of the Strip, right? Probably. I hear that there's like, you can stay at the Strip and they have like round the clock buses going to the concert venues. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. 4 a.m., 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. EDC is unbelievable. Like the stage design is absolutely ridiculous like imagine like the wildest concert you've ever been to times seven like with left shark and everything (laughs) (laughs) yes even more ridiculous than left shark that was Katy perry super bowl halftime yeah okay and yeah during her roar tour was it during the roar tour wow (laughs) how long ago was that it was a long time ago okay but it's implanted in my memory. <laughs> well, in the memory of our culture, things like that pop up. I mean, it was so memefied, the the whole left shark yeah. thing. I actually kind of thought during the viewing that right shark was worse than left shark. I I have that recollection as well. <laughs> Who was? But maybe they meant stage left shark. Oh, perhaps. Gosh. We don't. We don't even know which shark it was. Well, we we can look it up on YouTube. The was the thing of, that they were so bad, or was the thing that it was just so fun to watch? I thought it was a combination of both. I thought it was like, what are these guys doing on stage? Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, they were in a shark costume. What can you do? And it was like a, uh, I believe, a fairly cheap shark costume, right? It wasn't like a Super Bowl <laughs> halftime costume. It was like a, It wasn't oh even like God. a mascot costume. Yeah. You know, like a college mascot. It was like... <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about things that are cultural icons from the past. And I yeah. hear that you really want to have a conversation about the 80s. So um, last week we talked about bonsai. Yes. For the entire time. I, I loved it. I thought Duncan was going to get a breath in there, but really it was just me talking about bonsai and I could do it all day. I I feel like looking at the waveform, it was, it was balanced, the contributions for both of us. Okay, I get that. But today, um, Duncan has really wanted to have a conversation about all things of the past. And so, Duncan, what's your thing today? Well, I have been wanting to, to bring in the, my love for the 80s. And we've talked about it even a little bit today because I just can't help but talking about things that I love, I guess. I mean, that's the point of this, I guess. But Psych specifically was one of those things that sparked my love for the 80s. In fact, I think it probably introduced me to 80s culture primarily. For those of you who don't know, Psych is a television show produced by USA Network. And the first episode of Psych opens with a flashback to sometime in the 1980s. I can't remember what the exact year is because there's a little bit of switching that happens. But Sean Spencer... Young Sean Spencer is at a restaurant with his father, and his father's a policeman, and he's teaching Sean to be hyper-attentive to details, because as a policeman, it those details matter in solving crimes. And so Sean is asked to close his eyes and tell his father how many hats are in the room. And he identifies all of the hats, and then he wins a piece of cake. And that comes into play later when, now in the present day, which is 2005, I believe, when the show started, or maybe it was 2007. He solves a crime. He calls into the police station and he says, this guy did it and I know why. And he goes in and he try, and he wants to collect his reward money for giving the, the tip to the police department. And he is brought into an interrogation room and 
they say, dude, you can't, there's no way you would have known that from just look, watching, you know, the evening news. And he's like, no, 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 seriously, I've called in a lot of tips. You just look me up. Like Henry Spencer, my father, used to work at this police department. I'm legit. And they, they hold him up, essentially. And in order to get out of that situation, he claims to be psychic. And that's like the, the premise of the whole show is the, the interim police chief says, if you're lying, we will press charges. Which I've always wondered, how bad would it be if like you're fibbing about, yeah, I'm a psychic, when really I'm just hyper attentive to details. Sure, he probably breaks some laws in like snooping in crime scenes that he's not supposed to be in. Yeah. And then coming back and saying, oh, I had a premonition. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like after so much good being done, right, like of solving crimes, I feel like there's... Um, there's a little bit of leeway that should be given. But the point is, why this ties into the 80s, is Sean Spencer and his best friend, Burton Guster, grew up in the 80s. And so all of their references, all of their jokes, all of the things that they say are 80s influenced. And so in order to understand their jokes, I very quickly became a student of the 80s because I loved the oh, show. I thought yeah. the show was funny. I thought that what they were doing and saying was funny, yeah. but I didn't get everything. Right. You know? That's interesting. They, yeah. would, they would bring up uh, primarily pop culture yeah right it, oh, not not necessarily politics it was like it was mostly movies music you know like mu musicians like celebrities yeah, I, um, I remember i remember these episodes like american duo or these uh, like yeah i just episodes watched that episode last night of of psych <clears throat> where they make really strong 80s references yes and so for me i had my parents kind of teaching me these things about the 80s yeah but for you, you got to learn it and experience it and like live it for yourself. And yeah. So. Well, my parents were, you know, teens and around there in the 80s as well. So they, they were, con you know, consuming pop culture at the same rate, if not more so than, than young Sean and Gus. But my parents are the ones they don't, they, I mean, we would, we were watching the show, me and my friends, we were watching the show on the side and then our parents would like be in the room and they would be cracking up because they thought, you know, they thought the jokes were funny. We would laugh because we knew it was a joke and, you know. You don't need full context to understand it sometimes. But they, my parents are much more of the, do you know why that's funny? And I'd be like, no. And they'd be like, oh, you should look it up. So, you know, I, I did a lot of like, I guess, proactive research is what kind of you're saying. Yeah. And I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with the 80s. And then it also helps. <clears throat> same friends. We watched Hot Rod. They introduced me to Hot Rod. And... Also, for those of you who don't know, it's very 80s influenced. It's just a, is a good time. It's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite where it's like a really weird story with a lot of just why are we watching this? What's the point? And it really is just something fun to watch. Yeah. But the entire soundtrack is 80s music. And when you're watching it for the first time as a, if you know, a millennial slash gen, early Gen Z, which I, which I am, and I think you, you also classify as a young or I guess an older Gen Z. <clears throat> Either I don't way. even know these days. Yeah, there's so many line. of them. It's yeah. not really even a line. And I hear that the I hear that the gaps are getting shorter and shorter between generations. But because technological yes, living have we talked about changed. that? The whole technology advancing. You did. We did. Yes. Thank you. It's one our, of our favorite topics. <laughs> our uh, faithful listener, Angela. Thank you for number one fan. Wow. Wow. After James's mom. Oh, okay. And Duncan's mom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After there our moms, it's go. Angela. Got a reference to moms. <laughs> Love it. So if, if you're watching Hot Rod as someone who doesn't necessarily know 80s music that well, you're like, oh, these songs are amazing and they're hilarious and they fit really well. And then, you know, when I started again doing this proactive research, I discovered, oh my gosh, these were just songs that were written just 
just songs yeah. on an album, totally. you know, just whatever. Kind of like how we have music now. Exactly like that. Precisely. And then they use it for this movie and it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, now I now it's like hilarious. Yeah. My parents are, you know, getting back even into their 80s selves. I think they took a brief digression when they found had Spotify on their phones where they would go into like, oh, like this is some newer music, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But now. Now that they, they know they have all they their vinyls back, on. Yeah. You know, like now they can fully go back and it's not just on CDs. Or eight tracks. Exactly. And so now they're going to a Chicago concert in Chicago Ugh. on Chicago's reunion tour. I love Chicago. And and they, they were like, oh my gosh. The band. We listened to Chicago 17. Like, yeah. Because Chicago has 36 albums. Yes. They like to flex on people and just number their albums. So, <laughs> you know, album 17 I... was dropped in 84. Kudos to them for that's awesome. And And then like. They're like, there's like four songs on this album that you have to know, like just like off the top of their head. Yeah. They're like Chicago 17, four songs. Yeah. And it's like, do you know those four the songs? Meaning in my life, you're the inspiration. Okay. Like, like really iconic. Yes. Like, and it's just like dropped use on of, an album. Their use of horns 17. makes me feel so so deeply. Things. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah. There's just so many. Like, and and now it's so common, like to to have. I feel like when Hot Rod came out, it wasn't yeah. as common. But now there's a lot of media that has deep 80s references. Yeah. Like. Um, Even Vaporwave, which is kind of this new. Have you, do you know about Vaporwave? The face on my face. If you saw my face right now. Yeah. Be so that, that's what cued me off to asking the question. Um, so Vaporwave is it's it's like an aesthetic movement that is very deeply rooted in 80s like it's in very deeply influenced by 80s things. Where, where would i find vaporwave you can literally look up vaporwave on instagram and you'll find like eight, 18 different accounts that are really prime and have really good examples of what vaporwave is okay. but it's i mean okay if i can just really simply break it down boil it down into like an essence you've got lots of purples lots of like delorean cars palm trees lots of neon how many um, delorean cars does one need <clears throat> well it's not like and it's all it's all to my i mean to my experience of experiencing vaporwave it's all like artistic renditions okay it's not like pictures of delorean okay so you know? this is like yeah it's 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 an artistic style sure and you know lots of um yeah angela go ahead and look it up on on the phone it's i don't know i it it's really cool and uh the midnight the band the midnight is kind of a good example of of vaporwave like, i've heard of them music yeah and you know it's kind of that late night jazzy they'll put like a saxophone riff in the middle of like a kind of a electronic beat and yeah it's like i don't know what, what are you seeing angela are you seeing what i'm s describing <laughs> there's this little image of um i think it's julius caesar or maybe yeah. Alexander yeah, the yeah, Great, yeah, yeah. the bust of his head looking really agonized yeah. in the distance with hot pink um, checkerboard and a black and pink checkerboard going off into the distance. Yes. With yes. some green neon. So I think you did a good job. Yeah, I, I was I was Does that was that count? Oh, yeah. That's that's bordering on vaporwave art. Okay. So my the background of my laptop is an art piece that I made. I haven't even named it yet, but it's it's two statues. Um, that actually exists. It's a statue that exists, and it's a, a man and a woman. Uh, they're like 
they're like holding hands and he's looking up and she's looking forward and I put a, a halo around her and I put tattoos all over the guy and yeah like lots of lots of pinks and purples lots of like haze and like rain in the city at midnight with a saxophone riff and you know you're driving along and it's yeah it's yeah this is a vibe that i'm i'm really into so i'm glad that someone has captured it for me yeah put it on instagram so i can follow it and not look at it yeah i'll, I'll know that i follow it yeah, yeah yeah for sure so i don't know it's i don't know what is the catalyst for it i mean we've talked about nostalgia right we've talked about this this yearning for the past and not necessarily I want things exactly the way that they were. Cause you know, we've talked about advances in technology and medicine and what, and culture, like politically, like, you know, things that, that are good advancements, but you know, even just this recollection of artistic experiences, aesthetic experiences that bring you back into a sense of like a feeling of, Oh, life was less complicated then. Or I liked this part. Cause we, we talked, we brought up the fact that, sometimes that that feeling of nostalgia is linked to i didn't have as many responsibilities That's which true. is why life wasn't as hard right i was a Some... child i was experiencing life in its fullness as i could in the, in the moment and that yeah. felt like freedom to me it did yeah so i think that the, that is the image of the 80s being like oh this is this time of being freedom and yeah free and having yeah fun and... well and really extensive artistic expression at least for american culture in in the 80s like my basically our parents and yeah. then now are now us as the, the the young adults of those parents since we are consumers what what are the offerings what are the things that attract us and i think this feeling of nostalgia is one of them so yeah. people marketing are marketing that as here's a new like vaporwave here's a new aesthetic expression of something that feels familiar yeah or even just here's the old songs that you liked put into a context i was just having a conversation about with with Angela actually in the car in Denver, her brother and sister in law just listened to a lot of like old oldie music, um, like fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties music. Yeah. And so we were having a discussion about me. I, I I'm thinking like in the future, like maybe in forty years, we're not going to listen to Toto by Africa anymore. That's a lie. I know. <laughs> that is an absolute lie. But like then Angela was 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 saying something really really good about it. <laughs> okay. Angela introduced. She didn't want to talk a lot, but so just throw remember. her under the bus. I just don't remember. Angela. Okay, I was saying I think we will be listening to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying was we don't listen to music from the twenties anymore because it's not as easily accessible because it wasn't recorded. The yeah. Same way. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like the music, I don't. There's music that we're still listening to from the sixties, like Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's been seventy. How many years? 60 years yeah that's a long time but we're totally and oh what i was saying was because like we listen to the music that our parents listen to because they play it for us growing up so that's our nostalgic sure. music even if it's their nostalgic music yeah so music yeah. for the 80s isn't our nostalgic music because we experienced it when it was first hand it's because it was our parents nostalgic music and they played it when we were young mm, interesting so i was like oh i'm gonna play elton john to my kids and then that'll be their nostalgic music and they'll be listening to it. Wow. It's like a generational like uh, leapfrog. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of delayed like who, what, because I was like, I'm not going to play uh, Replay. You know that song? By Ayaz or whatever. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's not going to be what I play for my kids. Yeah. I'm going to be But I might raid, play Ryden Solo by Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> 
they'll be they'll be very confused children well i mean that kind of gets it's kind of an argument for the quality of music i'm not saying that i don't like replay as a song in general it's not it's just there's something about these 80s power ballads to me, and I'm speaking specifically of the 80s, you brought in Elton John, but I mean, and, and then you even brought in Queen at the beginning. Yeah. There's this, I don't know, there's this level of, there's this extra step, extra level, extra, I don't know, care. I, I don't know. It's, there's something about it and I'm biased and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I, th- I think honestly, kids that are 10 years younger than us, whose parents are 10 years younger than our parents didn't have probably don't have the same influences of 80s music like and they're not yeah they're okay, not that's yeah i see that they're not even old enough really right now to watch the things that are cultural icons of 80s music that are throwbacks like stranger things yeah, like yeah. a 13 year old doesn't care about stranger things but yeah maybe not as much even yeah. though the, even though the kids in the show are about that age yeah it's still yeah i don't know i don't know many 13 year olds that go around talk like raving about stranger things i think it's mostly young adults yeah and even parents like mm-hmm. my parents watched it they stayed up till 3 a.m with me watching that's so episode awesome. one two and three and then i finished the rest but you know the fact that they you pulled the all-nighter the first night i did yeah uh, you were, for you season were... two and season three i pulled an all-nighter for Dang. to watch it all the way through that's very impressive yeah i just feel like because i'm young might as well you know might as well just stay up till 7 a.m yeah I don't know. I feel like some I can recover from it. it when I'm when I'm older, I probably won't do it as much. But what, right now, when I have the capability, when I have the energy, yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. So yeah, Stranger Things being one of those things. I we this won't be a spoiler cast. We'll save that for one or two down the road. Like we'll do a full spoiler cast because we're running out of time today. But just as a, as something to mention, there is a song. So speaking of music, right, and of and then bring Stranger Things into it. Just tie it into kind of a nice bow. There's a there's a song on the Stranger Things season two soundtrack called Eulogy, and I'm rewatching Stranger Things season two right now. Simultaneously, I'm watching Psych. So I just you know, if you know me, me- media content just in yeah, the ears. I just consume so much media, <clears throat> all '80s themed, and it's <laughs> primarily '80s themed. Yep. And so in season two, there's a scene where Nancy goes to the house of barb's parents and they're moving they're finding a private eye to see if they can find barb but nancy knows that that barb is gone barb is no longer with us and steve is there too her her boyfriend at the time and it's just this she gets so upset and this and I, i really feel for nancy because she just is wrestling with this guilt over losing her friend because she feels like it's her fault because she went off fooling fooling around with steve and then at that same time, Barb went missing and they find out later that she died. And this song starts playing in the, in the show. And you know, it's this very emotional sort of, it's like an electronic, it's like a synthy sort of thing, very eighties. And watching it, I was just feeling such deep things, not only just because of the story writing, but also because the music plus story writing plus cinematography, very powerful. Nancy's crying. And then Will, or sorry, Mike is, it cuts to Mike packing up some of his toys. Yeah. You know, sort of this. Oh, like, that was a, yeah. It's transitions of all kinds. Yeah. And the, I, moment. yeah, going back and listening to the soundtrack on Spotify, seeing the name of it, the name of it being Eulogy, mm. just Eulogy. I was I felt even deeper things. It just, I don't know. 
yeah. learning that the name of the song was something like that. That was yeah. like this send off, this this ode to to something that because eulogies are usually really positive, really like remem- remembrance and sort of this nostalgic like this is the this is the way that we want to remember this person. This is also as you're talking another instance of how the plaque is helpful yes for understanding the piece of art like this is another moment where you're saying oh like this moment was really powerful and i had this deep emotional connection to this piece of artwork and this yeah. like story that was being told and then you get to go another level of analysis deeper just know what were the artists thinking when they yeah. when they chose the song or like even as you're you're thinking they were storyboarding this moment and they said eulogy and it was like stickered on there and it's like yeah 100 oh, like it's gonna just cut through the heart you know yeah and so that's so it's so good to be able to recognize how in every instance even as you're watching stranger things season two and like feeling this feeling that they're mm-hmm. like curating for you it's like other deeper analyses like also yeah can cut through totally yeah thank you for bringing that in because i that i mean we want to have these little threads of of things that we're bringing back in and and we brought up really early on the, the idea of the plaque and then you brought it in last week especially with not just learning about the bonsai trees as, as a manifestation of art but learning about artistic principles in the process right. of viewing this art so yeah i i the the whole plaque thing and it's interesting because i watched season two all the way through took a short nap went to work and then I actually started watching it at work again. I, I had it on in the background. I wasn't paying super close attention, but I went back and I wa- rewatched it. So I watched it twice within 24 hours. Just, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I'm in front of a screen for that long anyways. I might as well not be sitting in silence. And it's really inspirational to me as an artist yeah. to have have extra CMS. We've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah, we have. But I... I, and then I and then I went back and I listened to the soundtrack and learned that it was eulogy and it hit home and I listened to eulogy and all that but this right now this week it was I think I was watching I think I was watching the episode yesterday was the first time that I had seen that scene again since having learned that it was yes. eulogy in November of 2017 right. or October of 2017 when that first came out yeah so it's been a year and a half since I've watched season two right and yeah it just hit again. I was yeah. just sitting there like, whoa. That's so cool. Yeah. And I love I love when it connects like that and you're able to recall the first time you had that emotion and yeah. then like understand why you had that emotion more yeah. and more. Like that's one of the reasons I love having or like having access to a piece of art over and over and over again. Yeah. Because you can you can go away, have a different experience, come yeah. back and be like, oh, it's still so good. It still connects with me on that emotional level. Yes. And like it for like a reason that maybe I didn't know the first time, but now I can continue to, to love it and know it. And you know, like, absolutely. There, yeah. There's, I, there's some pieces that just continue like on depth forever. And like, yeah, like the Mona Lisa, but also yeah, yeah. as you like continue listening to a song that really connects with you, it's just like, ugh, it just stabs through. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point about being able to come back to art and I think music is doing a good job of, of being really accessible on, on certain platforms. Like, you know, right. you can have one streaming service for music and access a very similar library. That's true. For movies, it's less so, and that kind of bugs me. But, but you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that we can access music in particular. Because mu- music is so, so moving. I mean, imagine that so scene moving. without the music. I can go back and relive most of the emotion of that scene by just listening to the music right 
Yeah. It, and it connects with you. And yeah, it's so good. And I thought what's interesting, because I was sitting there watching the scene and sort of as, you know, as we wrap up, I think it's about about time today. But I think as I was sitting there watching that scene in my memory of a year and a half ago, I was like, when is the music going to start? Because I know that this mm. is eulogy. I know that this is the scene where this comes in. Yeah. But it should start way earlier. And it didn't. And it was just so like, it was pretty quiet. I don't think there was any soundtrack while they were like sitting at dinner yeah. and talking and all it that just stuff. Hurt. And then Nancy has like, I need to get up. And then, and then like the music started very softly as she was like sitting in the bathroom crying. And it was on her for a very short amount of time. And it switched to Mike packing up his toys. His mom yeah. said, you know, like you're not a kid anymore. Like you, you have so yeah. many toys and this is punishment because you, you went and you stole, you, he stole coins from his sister to go to the arcade. So as punishment, he has to pack up. And he's like, this isn't the first time. And you, you, you feel more pain. And so kind of actually, because I was relating eulogy to Barb primarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not about Barb. It really, it's not exclusively about Barb. Right. And so it added a whole new dimension for me a year and a half later, watching that scene back and really feeling a lot more for Mike. Because Mike is a little bit annoying as a character because he's, he he's kind of whiny. He's He is pretty annoying. But I feel for him because... Especially as season three, as his relationship with Elle progresses, you know, like just to see him relate to her a lot more and relate to even Will. He's the one who cares yeah, about, about Will, Will. the yeah. entire true. time. He's always freaking out about Will. Dustin has his own kind of thing going on. Will, Lucas is like really not concerned. He's like, it's fine. Like nothing, this isn't a conspiracy. And then he finally hops on board. But Mike is the one who's consistently like, things are wrong and yeah. I trust Will. Yeah. And then Will and, and Mike have this really touching moment in season two where they connect over, you know, Will seeing the mind flare yeah. and him being like, I don't know, it just feels this way. It feels yeah. evil. And Mike's like, I get it. And Will says, please don't tell the others. They won't understand. He doesn't even say they won't understand like you. He just yeah. says they, they won't, won't understand. They won't and me. it just hits. Yeah. So. Well, well, thank you for that short but in-depth analysis about yeah. eulogy i think as as i continue watching films and movies i'm gonna take time and actually pull out the songs mm. that have really connected with me mm -hmm. I, I used to do, do the same thing and look up what the songs were at the end of my old favorite tv show which was suits and okay. at the, yeah. the the progression of every one of suits episodes it's basically the exact same sure. but seven minutes before the ending they will go to commercial and they'll come back from commercial with five minutes left of programming and then have an emotional song that's played. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's and a so, formula. It's such a formula. But then like three quarters of the time, the song was amazing. And I'd yeah. be like, Oh, it's so perfect for this moment. And whatnot. Yeah. so then I'd, I'd go on, on my Spotify. Yep. I think, or Rhapsody back then. And then yeah. I'd, I'd go and I'd, you would Shazam I'd, it. I'd, I'd download what the song was. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would yeah. Shazam it or I'd go to like, Suits season four yeah. episode blah 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 songs and then find I'd, a Reddit find page it. with it yeah and because I really did connect in that moment with it and yeah and even now actually some of the songs from that time have made it into my rotation of like oh, like oh yeah deep emotion absolutely because they're so good and so yeah it's funny my dad has asked me before where do you get your music because I have a pretty extensive and varied music library and you just brought it into my recollection. That's sometimes where I get my music is yeah. I'll be watching a TV show and I'll, the, the ending, particularly the endings, yeah. will have these, you know, 
songs that don't really fit the they fit the vibe of the show. Lie to me was really good at that. Blacklist also is good at that. They bring in they bring in some random song at the end that fits the emotion of the of the scene. And I'll be going through and I'll be like, I don't remember where I added this to my library. And now I'm remembering, oh, like half the time when I can't remember, it's probably from a TV show. From a TV show. That was like, oh, just oh, so good to to add to my list. Yeah. So to circle back, right, the psych being a TV show that introduced me. They, they, they referenced pop culture like the, the like me as a viewer would understand. I didn't. I went and looked it up. Now I have an appreciation for that thing. Yeah. Not only because of its original source right. material. like or Sorry. It's not like just a power battle ballad from the 80s? Well, mean? I was going to go the other way and say it's not just a song that I heard in Psych. It's it. also this, and primarily it's this thing that was already a cultural of cultural significance right that's totally true yeah yeah it makes me excited to to now watch movies with with extra attentiveness yeah and tv shows with extra attentiveness to what the songs are and whatnot and Mm -hmm. pull them pull them in because i don't when all of the music is original it's like Hans zimmer has made sure music i like it yeah and it's it's great for the moment of the film but it's not necessarily something i pull into my everyday life but it, when it's when it's something new, yeah, uh, or when it's it's a new new platform for an old yeah. song, mm-hmm. then I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is everything for me. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for sharing, Duncan. Absolutely, thank you for for asking about it, Angela. You've been a little quiet, but we are so happy that you have been with us today. Your contributions keeping keeping <laughs> me on track with what. What did you you helped me with the hyper attentiveness, <laughs> guys? It took me so long to try to figure out how to say that. I think yeah. there were eight takes. It was probably yeah, it was probably close to that. So yeah, Angela, we're so glad that you were with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. This is gonna take a little warm yeah, up. Yeah. We're gonna have to- <laughs> so you know, I showered this morning. <laughs> um, it's oh. like it's always a remarkable part of your day. I guess. What? Nothing. Do you have something to say, Angela? <laughs> no, I That's don't. a pretty hard way of going about saying that. <laughs> well, I was, ju- I was just amused at, <laughs> yeah, it was a hard time to say that. Do you guys always take a sip of water at the same time? <laughs> That's what I don't The gulp is bad. The gulp. Big gulp. Big gulp.